I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to DSC's Untamed Heritage, the unique blend of hunting, conservation, and the outdoor lifestyle. Delivered in an entertaining and informative fashion as only a veteran outdoorsman can do. DSC's Untamed Heritage is brought to you by Dallas Safari Club. Conservation, education, protecting hunters' rights. Hornady, accurate, deadly, dependable. Trigicon, brilliant aiming solutions. Texas-raised hunting products, the scent gods. Burnham Brothers Game Calls, calling his calls made. Double Nickel Taxidermy, where hunting memories are preserved. Now here's your host, Larry Wysoon. Brian, Chris, you guys have been busy when it comes to youth hunting in the last several years through the Texas Wildlife Association. Tell me a little bit about the program and and where you see all this going. There's been a tremendous amount of people that y'all introduced to hunting in the last several years. Well, you know, the program started in uh, 1997. Um, actually, the program, the idea for it, uh, you know, started in 1996 in earnest. Um, it was the brainchild of uh, some folks at Parks and Wildlife and some of the leadership here at uh, TWA. And uh, with the help of a lot of volunteers, a lot of landowners who, have, uh, who donate access to their property, um, you know, we're to the point where we're doing over 200 hunts every season and taking right at 1,200 kids every year on a hunt and those kids are 9 to 17 years old and they've completed hunter education and they come with a parent and uh, you know those were the fundamental aspects of of the program when it started in 1997 and they continue to this day I think the goal you know for us as we say it is to provide safe legal ethical and educational hunts to the youth of Texas and obviously the parents that come along Um, But to date, uh, since that 1997 season, we've taken total, including the parents and the volunteers that have served on those hunts, 75,000 participants have gone on a hunt with the program. Say that number again and (laughs) say it loudly because I want people to hear this. 75,000. 75,000. I get tickled every once in a while. I'll be at some kind of wildlife meeting and somebody says, man, you know, we've we've got a great youth hunting program. How many people have you taken hunting? Well, we've taken like... 
40 or 50, you know, in the last four or five years. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of sitting back and smiling because I know some of the numbers, and I'll start explaining to them a little bit about the, our program here in Texas. And they go, oh, my gosh. Tell me how is the best way, let's say I'm a parent, I'm a young parent, maybe a single parent, and I've got some young younger kids, and I'd love to get them outdoors, and I've heard about the Texas Youth Hunting Program. How do I go about getting in touch with people, and, and what are some of the things that I should expect as, as being a parent or a guardian? So we have a website. It's the easiest way to get involved. Uh, it's www.tyhp.org. And through that portal, uh, you'll be able to see a little bit about our program. You'll be able to watch some videos, uh, learn about our rules and kind of how hunts run and and those kind of basics. You'll sign up through that website portal to have an account. And once you have that account, you can actually sign up through our calendar for any of the hunts that will pop up during the season. Um, We won't start posting hunts yet. Probably right around, you know, mid-September we'll start to really have a lot of hunts. But... That's the, that's the number one way to get into it and, and kind of rolling with the program. Uh, but beyond that, either, you know, on the TWA website, so texas-wildlife.org, uh, we have some good um, basic information there. Uh, and then we have our social media accounts. And so our Facebook, uh, Texas Youth Hunting Program, um, and our Instagram, same, uh, Texas Youth Hunting Program, show all sorts of different videos, information just also to it's a great uh, content to really see what's going on um, and then of course through texas parks and wildlife to actually get their hunter education uh, completed prior to the hunt uh, if they go on there and and hit one of the down tabs at the top for education they can sign up for courses all across the whole state so. and that can be done online too can it not it can be done online a portion if you're under the age of 17 uh, but you'll still have to do a field course if you're a youth yeah but we are working on some programs. Uh, Chris is working on some programs this year for us to actually run hunts uh, and field course uh, hunter education as well. So because so of the... You, co- so you can do it ahead of time. Right. Kind of yeah. Yeah, the, the concept is that, um, once again, we, we leave a lot of these decisions up to the, to the volunteers that run the hunt. But we're giving them the option this year to run a hunt that would accept people who haven't really completed hunter education all the way. We're going to ask that they do the online portion. And then when they show up, maybe they'll do the field course on Friday, or maybe they'll even take one of those hunt periods on Saturday and get that hunter education done, and then they'll go on a hunt right after that. So we'll be be staying true to our our policy of having everybody complete hunter education, but we're also accounting for the fact that it's been hard this year to get hunter education done. And we've got some other ideas that we're working on with uh, videos, of, of skills trail and then maybe a, a zoom session with everyone to talk about and have those ethics discussion and have those safe legal ethical discussions uh, and then certifying someone in hunter education but it's all going to hinge on whether or not they do that online portion and they do that through texas parks and wildlife um, their their website the hunter education website fortunately texas parks and wildlife is still you know our our partner Right. Uh, between TWA and Texas Parks and Wildlife, it's a joint program, and we are very close and work 
hand in hand with them, especially the hunter ed department. And so we have a lot of ability to work with them to, to make it work the, the best way, legally speaking and yeah. safely. We're also fortunate too that our volunteers who are so passionate about what, what they're doing, they're also hunter education instructors. Some of them, that's how they kind of got into this. They became hunter education instructors and then they learned about TYHP and they became hunt masters and now they're running hunts, but they're still hunter education instructors. So that's perfect because a hunt master who is also a, a hunter education instructor can run one of these hunter education hunts and before the weekend is over with you know they've completed hunter education and they've been on their first hunt so i don't, I don't think it's much better than that no i don't think so what about minimum age as far as the and it's it's open to both boys and girls oh yeah, obviously absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we have probably about 30 percent of our uh hunters that are uh young girls really yeah and a lot of the moms that come along on the hunts as well so uh it's all sorts we as a matter of fact we have a lot of hunts with that are all girl hunts strictly all girl hunts you know um or and their mom and the, you know the guardian that comes along in a lot of cases is the mom on those ones too so it's a really cool opportunity but nine is that minimum age nine is a minimum age and the reason for that also is because hunter education minimum age is nine to be certified right. in this right so, yeah and i think it's interesting to note also i like to tell people all the time that the texas youth hunting program is really just an extension of hunter education they get to put into practice what they learned in the classroom and, and I'm, I'm kind of excited about this opportunity to do, uh, you know, hunter education and a hunt, um, you, you know, because it has been difficult for people to get hunter education this year. But what better way to do it than to go on a hunt with our fabulous volunteers? Oh, man. And then and when it's all over with, I mean, you're ready to go. Well, that's the biggest struggle, I think, most people, when you get involved, whether you're an adult or a kid, when you get involved with hunting and you take a hunter education course, what you, what comes next? You know, how do I do this now? Because hunter education is very valuable and teaches you a safe way to do things, but it's it can be very daunting to think about going on that first hunt if you've never done it before. And I just did this course, and now maybe I'm a little scared about all the stuff I've learned and crossing that fence right. legally or whatever right. the case is. And so being able to take them out there and actually do do that and do the hands-on portion and um, lead them through that first time is a big deal. Yeah, I think it's very important. So. Yeah, there's a, there's an awful lot of additional education that's going on during a TYHP hunt, you know. And as Brian was saying, you know, some people are, it can be pretty daunting. You know, most people will shoot something. That's great, right? Then what? Exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and that's where that's where the volunteers just really. You know, prove their 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 worth. You know, they're they're worth their weight in gold. Because if you're anxious about what to do when you've got a deer or a hog on the ground, there's going to be someone there who's going to walk you through it. And you know, really after that, um, you're you're ready to go. Uh, now, I don't know about you, but every time I pick up a knife for that first animal of the year, it's always like you're relearning, and I, and I'm sure that happens with everyone, but. You know, once you get the fundamentals down, um, you really are armed um, with all the knowledge that you need to provide healthy uh, oh gosh, table yes. fare. Absolutely. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I'll, we eat a lot of venison. And <laughs> don't get me wrong, I like good beef and I like yeah, chicken and yeah. all those other things too. But that venison becomes very, very special as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. 
again, on the, on the young side, let's say you've got a child that's nine, ten years old. Uh, my daughters, are, I've got two daughters and four grandsons, one granddaughter. They all shot their first deer when they were like eight years of age. And we went through all kinds of training prior to doing that. And this is before now, now they have hunter safety and have gone through hunter safety school once they got a little bit older, which they are a little bit older now. And, uh, but it was very interesting with those, with those young kids, particularly, uh, to me, some kids probably have a, a mature a little bit sooner than others do. And so that's really a kind of decision that has to be made by the parent, right? Yeah. yeah. And you, you'll see them. The, 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 the uh, 10-year-old will show up, and, and you'll get to talking to the parent, and they, they'll tell you, well, they just weren't ready when they were nine. Right. And every now and then it happens that during a hunter education class, you'll see someone who's struggling with the concepts, uh, or or sometimes that final exam just really rattles them. Right. You know, they right. know the material, but exactly. put a piece of paper in front of them, ask them to, you know, pick the right answer out of four chances, and it really rattles them. Yeah. And, and you'll see that when they when they've done that a time or two, when they're in the third grade instead of in the second or first grade, well, then it's not so, it's, so much it's not of a, that big of a deal. Not that big of a deal. But sometimes those nine year olds can have a, a difficult time with it. But you know. Most hunter education instructors will work through, you know, that. I, I've seen hunter education instructors read the questions to the, the students one at a time, you know, and just to help them through it. That, that's the kind of dedication that the people in our sport have. Well, and I think, you know, when you're dealing with hunting and firearms, one of the really important things that we, we want to happen is for those kids uh, and those parents to have a, a good first experience if this is their first hunt uh nothing can turn someone away from hunting quicker than a bad hunting experience or being pushed into it when they're not ready um and so we try to to make it well you know um aware to everyone on the hunt that this is their choice to be on that hunt you know it's their choice to pull the trigger if they they see an animal uh in front of their sights um, and it's never going to be the situation where that hunt master, volunteer, or their parent is going to push them uh, and shouldn't be because we no. don't want them to get in a position where they, they feel like they did something they didn't want to do and we just lost the opportunity for a new hunter, uh, you know, right. in Texas or in the nation, really. So uh, that's a few more dollars, fewer dollars in conservation if we lose that, that lifelong hunter. So. It really is. To me, that first experience is so very important. Mm -hmm. And uh, run me through kind of a day that's very typical of, of, a, of a youth hunt. So um, the way our youth hunts are structured, we structure them for the weekend. Right? right. That's the easiest way for us to do it. One, because of our volunteers. And two, just kids are so busy with school and everything else that it just makes the most sense for it to be a weekend. So normally they would arrive uh, in the afternoon on a Friday. Um, sometime between, you know, depending on lighting as far as sunset goes, but sometime between noon and probably four on that Friday. Uh, when they get there, you start your paperwork, make sure you have everything you need from releases to the health forms and those kind of things. And then we run them through a range. Um, we want them to go to a range before they come, be familiar with their firearms. But as any hunter or, you know, shooter knows, things get bounced around in cars and banged up and uh, we want to make sure that they're still on. So we'll take them to a range, make sure they're shooting okay, 
make sure that, that we're comfortable with their fundamentals and they get to know their guides and things like that. So um, everybody is on the same page when it comes to the hunt. Uh, they'll go to bed early that night after maybe a dinner or some snacks, and then they'll hunt Saturday morning. We'll get up, depending on sunrise, sunset stuff, uh, get up in the morning, go hunt. They'll hunt until mid-morning, and this is our standard. There's some variance depending on if it's spot and stock or things like that, but they'll hunt until mid-morning, come back. If there's anything harvested, they'll clean those animals, try to do it as an education opportunity, so get everyone gathered around um, and teach them the, the skills they need to know. And then um, they'll do some more education for the afternoon, grab some food, and then they'll go back out for an afternoon hunt. Do the same thing that evening, bring in any harvest after sunset, um, deal with those animals, have dinner, and then Sunday morning, it's the same same deal. They'll go out for that hunt until mid-morning, come back, deal with any animals, and then they'll spend the rest of their time cleaning, make sure that ranch is left better than they found it, and uh, doing some paperwork, especially thank you notes and, and some stuff like that that we like to give to those landowners who right. donated their property and their um resources and things like that to the program and then they depart and they're they're home by sunday evening so. what you mentioned the taking care of game how far down do you process or in in those situations so as if it's a you know a game animal in the state of texas then we we take it as far as legally required or allowed so right. we can't debone but we'll take it to quarters and um put it into the into their ice chests um they're taking everything that they harvest home with them. Perfect. That's that's part of it. That's the big plus, you know, to hunting. They, you know, if they get to, it's we don't focus it on as a, you know, the harvest being the number one goal, but it's certainly a big plus. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it is. What about somebody? Let's say it's a young mother and she's got an 11, 12 year old daughter, mm-hmm. and. Maybe she grew up in a family that wasn't really hunters, and maybe they didn't really own any guns. Do they have to bring their own gun, or can they, do, do guns available for them to use? Yeah, we have uh, safes full of a guns. Safe full. <laughs> you know, and, and this is one you know one area where the NRA has been so helpful to us. You know, a lot of our firearms have come from grants from the friends of the NRA. Perfect. Uh, South Texas, West Texas. You know, friends of NRA have been very generous with us. So, yeah, if somebody doesn't have a firearm, we have one to loan to them, whether that's a shotgun for a turkey hunt, um, a rifle for a hog or a, or a deer hunt, uh, 22s to practice with. We even have a couple muzzle loaders because uh, we have done some, some muzzle loader hunts. Uh, we have a little bit of archery equipment as well, but of course, archery equipment is so personalized. Um, exactly you know, right. You, you know that that's usually something that that you're going to have on, on your own. Although you know crossbows are certainly an right. opportunity. We're looking into that too because there's some municipalities that that would like to help with their with their deer Fantastic. yeah uh, problems. Uh, and you know they're obviously anxious about high powered rifles in congested areas. And so the you know the crossbow is a is a great option for that. And plus kids really dig you know shooting a crossbow sometimes we use crossbows at at our education components as well so like i said there's always an uh, uh, an embedded education component and sometimes the kids don't even know that that they're that they're learning while they're there because it's just fun 
And, and I, I would also say the only thing I would add to what Brian said is uh, on, on Friday evening, there is a, a safety briefing that yes, night right. a, after the range. And, and that, you know, that's that's where we ask the landowner to come in at, at a minimum. If they want to be there the whole weekend, that's fine. Right. You know, and it runs the gamut. You know, some some landowners hand us the gate code or the key and say, call me when you're done. Others are there the whole weekend. And, you know, we're happy with either um, uh, circumstance. We we really like it when the landowners are there to tell us the history of the ranch, you know, because no one's going to have more passion for that piece of property than, than them, uh, other than perhaps the kids and the parents that get to visit it, right. you know. Um, but anyway, yeah, so Friday night. And the other thing that Brian mentioned, he, he mentioned meals. We provide the meals. One of our volunteers on on the hunt is gonna, is going to be our cook or cooks, and uh, we provide them the meals. Um, and um, you know that, that that's all, all those meals. That's all covered uh, in in the fee that we charge. And since I I brought that subject up, there, there is a fee that we ask people to pay if they can afford it. Right. And that fee is one hundred and fifty dollars. Now, our typical model that Brian just laid out was Friday to Sunday. That Friday to Sunday, that $150 covers the lodging, the food, you know, everything. And if they can't afford it, we have scholarships. We don't let money get in the way of someone who wants to go on one of these hunts. And really, the cost of a hunt is about $300 per hunter. So every hunter is subsidized about half of the cost of the hunt. And really, we have the fee just so that people show up, you know. They got skin in the game. And they got skin in the game, is right. And we're, we're not left with a bunch of volunteers who put a bunch of effort in, uh, cooks that bought food, and landowners who are hoping to help with their their deer numbers or their hog numbers getting taken down. So I want to come back to some of the, uh, not instructors, but the, the adult leadership and all this, but tell me about the landowners. What, how, how do you find the landowners or somebody say, listen to the podcast and they go, uh, they're here in Texas or maybe they're in another state that has somewhat a similar program. How can they become involved with the, uh, with the, with the program such as the Texas Youth Program, Hunter Program, or maybe like I said, even in another state, if they have something similar. Yeah. Sure. Um, well, as Brian mentioned before, you know our website is really kind of the entry point for contact to any one of us. If you go to the website, you'll see the emails for Brian, myself, Bob, and Brianna, who's in our operations coordinator in uh, East Texas, and and Bob up in North Texas. So all of our contact. Uh, information there. is right there. Our phone numbers are there. And, and we're, I'm pretty proud of the fact that when you call TYHP, a real live human answers the phone. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, now, if you call on Friday, at, too, you call on Friday <laughs> at 5, you're probably going to get a recording. Well, but, yes, any, but any, you know, during business hours, you're, you're going to talk to a person. And, uh, and, and, and we pride ourselves on getting you the information and... Uh, and getting you out there. But yeah, landowners can contact us. Uh, we've even helped other states get similar programs. That's what I was kind of alluding yeah. to, because I know that there are several states that have kind of copied, if you will, what, what oh, y'all well, guys have done here. We're, we're willing to provide them everything that we've done because uh, I don't care where you go hunting as long as you get started. And, and we're glad to help groups. You know, we have all of our curriculum written down. It's transportable. 
Uh, Brian's developed a, a adult mentored hunting curriculum. Yeah, I want to come back to that. Yeah, that is, well is based on our model. Right. Uh, basically, about the only difference between adult mentored hunts and youth hunts is the adults don't have to bring their parents with them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess they could if they wanted to, but they don't have to. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so their landowner opportunities. What? Animals? Do you, is there a targeted animal or a group of targeted animals that you try to you know to provide or to have hunted? I guess is what I'm trying to say. What I tell landowners all the time is, if it's legal and you will let us hunt it, we will hunt it. Uh, you know, we've done prong. We're going to do a pronghorn hunt again this year. That'll be our eighth or ninth. So eighth. Wow. Believe, yeah. yeah. Um, the our alligator hunt this year kind of fell into the the uncertainty yeah. with the virus situation that that would have been our fourth alligator hunt uh but i'm i'm pretty sure we'll be back next year yeah um but yeah dove hunts duck hunts lots of deer hunts that's that's our mainstay right is a is a white tail hunt uh and we list it as a as a deer hunt period you know, there Absolutely. there may be some opportunity for for bucks buck hunts, but we don't advertise that right. since we're a beginning hunting program. You know, it's it's just a deer hunt. If you want to go get a big buck, that that's on you. But we're we'll we'll get you ready. And exactly. we we work so hard so closely with Parks and Wildlife, and especially with the folks that are in the MLDP program, Managed Lands Deer Permit Program to manage those harvest numbers across the state that a lot of our opportunities do ha- just happen to be a lot of doe hunts or spike hunts or things like right. that because that's what helps those landowners and that's a big reason why they're involved you know the, the mldp program that sends out an email to all their landowners on an annual basis that says look if you need help with your hunting numbers taking these permits call texas parks or Te- texas wildlife association and the youth hunting program and they'll get kids to come help you do it so that's obviously, like Chris said, the biggest thing that we do. But we, we branch out because we're advanced hunter education, and we get kids that go on multiple hunts, you know, as time goes on. And we want to give them more opportunities to advance into their later hunt, hunting career. And so we do a lot of spot-and-stock type hunts. We do hunts in West Texas for a mule deer, and we've even started odd hunts out in the mountains out there. Oh, my gracious, you know, yeah. so if, once they're about 14 years old, we have some of those advanced hunting opportunities because they're going to need to put a pack on their back and hike up and down some hills and things like that. So, um, But there's a wide variety of, of different hunts. And uh, I think that, like Chris said, the pronghorn hunt, we're one of the few organizations that gets, uh, because of our Parks and Wildlife um, partnership, we're able to provide permits on the Rita Blanca National Grasslands for hunting. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so that's that's a huge deal. There's not many permits for no, pronghorn in that. No. In that so. Yeah, yeah. You, you tell me where you can go on a pronghorn hunt uh, for $150. I can't. <laughs> and, you know, we, we do have one hunter who, uh, uh, a, in the youth category, Boone and Crockett score on a TYHP pronghorn hunt. Is that right? Yeah. I think total throughout the course of those hunts, we've probably had mm, seven or eight that have been over 70 inches, which is... That's a good antelope. That's a pretty good antelope. I don't antelope. care whether it's Texas, <laughs> Wyoming, New yeah. Mexico, it's a pretty or good. Oh, that's a great antelope. Lots of, lots of really cool opportunities. Chris mentioned some out-of-state stuff already, but co- we do a Colorado archery pronghorn hunt. Uh, we've done Colorado bear and elk. Uh, we've done some 
stuff up in Tennessee with with our partners at the Tex- uh, Tennessee Wildlife Federation, right? Who we helped start their program. Yeah, that's so a great organization to, too. Uh-huh. Done a little mm. stuff for them in years past. Yeah, so uh, we've had just a, really a sky's the limit. We're looking at maybe some opportunities in Kansas with some folks that we know. So um, there's there's a lot of cool hunting opportunities uh, involved. So. And and as I mentioned, we're ready to help anybody get started. Yeah. You know, we're, we're so blessed in the state of Texas. We have a lot of land, a lot of generous landowners, uh, lengthy seasons. I mean, you, there's no reason, there's, there's no reason why we won't maintain, you know, our dominance in the area, you know, (laughs) but because we have, we are, we are blessed, but we're, we're ready to help anybody who wants to, uh, to get going and, and you know our volunteers they really like teaching they really like helping people get involved in, in the sport uh you know we we've asked them hey would you be willing to run some adult hunts sure you know because they're, they're guys they're my age you know and it's okay so they're so they're 20 there's to me they're still youth you know so uh but and i I tell you what, those hunt, those adult hunts are really, really a lot of fun. I'm going to come back. Tell me a little bit about the Hunt Master program. Yeah. So because to me that is one of the most fantastic programs there is. You get right yeah. down to it. So we recruit heavily from the participants. You know, and it's just as one they of, grow through the stage. as they grow yes. through the, the the program. You know, the the parents decide, man, this is really fun. You know, maybe they've been reintroduced. To, to hunting through through their children and they realize you know this is really a lot of fun and when my son or my daughter goes off to college well now what am I going to do well I think I'm going to volunteer with the Texas Youth Hunting Program so we bring them in we've developed a um, a two day uh, curriculum that walks them through our policies and then has a bunch of practical exercises that teaches them how we run a hunt and um and then, of course, the other great thing about Huntmaster training is it puts you into a group of, of uh, your fellow new Huntmasters, and that's where a lot of these new hunt teams will form. You know, you went to Huntmaster training at the same time, right. and, and you, you bonded that weekend, and so when you decide to take the plunge and, and lead a hunt, which is no small task, no, um, no, you, it's not. You know, you want to have people that you trust, and so generally those those are the ones. If you don't already have, you know, brothers or sisters or someone that's going to help you out, um, but yeah, they, they run through a uh, a two day program that uh, introduces them to our Huntmaster manual. Um, the the curriculum is laid out based on uh, on on a hunt. You know, so they arrive on a Friday and they do some of the same things that we would do: registration, safety briefing. Uh, and then we start talking about how a hunt is run. And then we have practical exercises that we present an idea to them and then put them in, in small groups and they work through these little problems. You know, what do you do if someone doesn't show up with the right paperwork that we ask them to bring? Uh, you know, there's all kinds, of, all, all kinds of little scenarios. How do you, how do you set up this, this hunt? You know, how do you find the blinds? 
You know, those are all things that you know. <laughs> all how do, important when you get right down. Yeah. To how do you how do you plan the meals? How where are all these people going to sleep? Yeah. You know, what kind of logistics do you have to arrange? Uh, do we need to rent a porta potty because we don't want to overwhelm the landowner's uh, septic system? Right. You know, so we we talk about all of that stuff, and then it culminates on, on the last day with what, what we called putting it all together, and we give them a scenario with you know fictitious hunters and parents that are coming in a fictitious ranch and all these little things these little vignettes of of of, uh, issues that might come up during a hunt and and they have to work through it and they have to present to the instructors which are either me or brian or other volunteers that have done this many many years and 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 they they show us their plan Uh, and and they role play the various positions on a hunt during that practical exercise and uh, we have gotten a lot of really good feedback on the on the on the practical exercises especially uh, because um, hunt master training was for a while um, kind of death by PowerPoint you know we we were trying to (laughs) we were trying to get away from that right you know and and there's a little bit of that because there's really no way way around it but there's also a lot of practical exercises that present a a vignette or a a scenario and ask those uh, hunt master candidates to work through it and then tell us How'd you solve these issues? Exactly. And and so it's a great bonding event. We do another event called the Blind Find, which is also very fun and, and a bonding event because we make it a little bit of competition. You know, you got to draw a map to all the blinds and then you swap your map so that you can go find the blinds and hopefully your buddies <laughs> made as good a map as you did. You know? So right, it, right. It's, a, it's a lot of fun and... Uh, and, and, it, and it builds those teams that we need to, you know, to do hunts in, in the future. Did I leave anything out, Brian? No, I just, I think it's important to note, too, that, you know, we don't, to be a hunt master for the youth, Texas Youth Hunting Program, you don't have to be a seasoned expert hunter. What we teach you and what we provide you with our tools, especially that manual, is everything you need to be a good logistics manager, to right. manage that hunt weekend. So that means learning how to find other volunteers to help you fill those gaps that you don't have. Maybe you're not the best shooter in the world, or maybe you don't aren't the best uh, field dress skin and quarter person, but you find someone that is and bring them in, and you are managing that hunt team uh, and just making sure you're doing things by... I mean, frankly, we have a checklist that you can run right down and do it just off the checklist, and you will run the hunt perfectly every time. So... Um, just to say that we want everyone to come and get involved if you have an interest in hunting uh, your interest in getting kids outdoors you can be a hunt master Uh, you don't have to run a hunt on your own the very first time just because we send you through the training doesn't mean next week i'm going to call you and say i need you to run five hunts for us Um, we'll get you involved in a team if you don't have one yet we'll get you outside get you more comfortable and then when you do run that first hunt we will um, we will mentor you. We will, either myself or Chris, Bob or Brianna will come out. Maybe a, an older volunteer that's been around for a long time, and they'll they'll run the hunt with you that first time, and get you really feeling strong and and um, confident before we ever ask you to do something on your own. So. And again, the best way to, to if you want to come involved is to go to the website. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And then Absolutely. and. Uh, Actually, we, we schedule our hunt master trainings on the Texas Wildlife Association website. Okay. And yeah. so they're listed under the events, 
Um, you know, we have one coming up in San Marcos in early September and then another one in mid-September. Uh, and on that same weekend, one in Sinton or Justin Hurst? Uh, Sinton. It's, a, it's at Welder. No, that one is canceled this year because oh, okay. Welder's Hall. But, but yeah, they set up pretty much, I'm talking about hunt masters, mm-hmm. yes, yes. As, as individuals, mm-hmm. pretty much all the way across the state of Texas. Right. right. And, and we've also, because of the current situation, we also developed a correspondence course option. Cool. Yeah. So we send them a book, we give them some reading assignments, they have little quizzes that they have to do, and that's kind of phase one. Well, phase one is doing some registration, creating the accounts that you need. Phase two is that reading and, and assignments and quizzes. And then phase three is kind of a list of all the tasks that you need to do on a hunt where you would be evaluated, say, running a range or running a skills trail. You'll be evaluated by the hunt master, lead hunt master on that hunt. He or she will give you a score and let us know what that is. And then once you've completed those five tasks, there's three mandatory ones and two kind of elective ones, you know, but we're gonna ask you to do five of them. And there's a laundry list of things that you can choose to do. Um, And once you get those done, then we'll award you your hunt master certificate, but we'll still mentor you through your first hunt should you decide to, you know, take the plunge. So when you get right down to it, the title of hunt master is something you should be very proud of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because and you've earned it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah. Not just so yeah. Hey, you're a hunt master. Yeah, yeah, very and nice. and I don't care. You know what? Really, we really have two kinds of hunt masters. You have hunt masters, and those are people that have been through the training and they earn their certification. And then you have lead hunt masters, and those are the ones that are. There's only one. There may be multiple hunt masters right. on a hunt, but there's, there's only one lead hunt yeah. master, and yeah. he's he's that boss or she's that boss right. that, that's run, running it. Uh, but you know, uh, because sometimes people they have to kind of warm up to the idea of spending 65 hours of their time running, running <laughs> yeah. one of these hunts. Exactly, yeah. I'm sure that is not yeah. a not one of those things, okay, I'm going to do this now and I'm finished with it. Right. Kind of thing. But, but you know, there are people out there that they'll, they'll dedicate their entire hunting season to running these hunts because they absolutely love the smiles and the faces of those kids and those parents. And, and that's something else that it's another one of those hidden benefits to the program like I said we you know some parents get reintroduced into the idea of hunting Uh, some of them never the idea of being a hunter did not cross their mind until they took their son or their daughter and they realized you know what this is good wholesome family uh, activity that I want to do more of and so they become a hunt master. Maybe they didn't even know, maybe they're fishermen, right? you know, and it, they didn't think that they uh, wanted to do anything with hunting, uh, you know. And um, so it, to me, that's one of the more exciting things. And that's why we're able to continue to have these this pool of volunteers right. coming in because we've got all these parents that come out here and they see this wonderful activity that is... They're, they're shepherded through a wonderful weekend, and, and they want to be involved with it. And we're only, ha- only happy to bring them in uh, and let them help us grow the next generation of hunters. As, as far as men and women, do you have, I'm assuming you have more men that are hunt masters than ladies, but you also have ladies that are hunt masters. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I would say we have about 30% of our of really? our uh, hunt masters are, are ladies, and several of them, um, you know, run multiple hunts uh, during the year. They're no different than than some of those others that they'll give up their entire season for the sake of kids and parents on these hunts. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to meet with several of the hunt masters after the hunting seasons are over with, just happened to be in, you know, they knew that I was involved with TWA or whatever, and they go, man, this is the most fantastic thing I have ever done as far as the outdoors are concerned. You know, they, and they refer to the smiles that they have, or that mm-hmm. the kids have, or that the parents have, or that the kids and parents are smiling at each other sometimes even, you know, kind of thing as a result of that. Let's let's talk a little bit uh, about the the adult side of things. Uh, we had an opportunity to visit with you a little bit earlier before we started all this today, and you're telling a little bit about it. But tell me more about the the adult side of uh, hunting program. Sure. So we we essentially got started on the adult side uh, in earnest in 2016 with our hunt to table dinners. Um, we started those up in Austin uh, at an urban farm, and really, the I guess the honest of that was to kind of tap into that locavore movement. Those folks that are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, interested in food that comes from a close area or organic food, or well, there's not much more organic uh, protein <laughs> source than wild game, right? That's so, about the source right there. Right. <laughs> and so we tapped into that and started uh, a dinner up in Austin that year. Uh, had 100 people attend. Uh, we've continued that through uh, this year. Actually, had to be canceled, of course, due to the current situation. Um, but we'll continue that. But that that really kind of spurred us to say, you know, these people want to hunt. We asked them at that first event. The second event, we took names on who wanted to go to a, right. on a hunt with us. Um, and we had, I think, from that one al- event alone, 25 people say, yep, I want to go. I'm first time. I've never done it. I'm really interested in this. Um, and that was out of Austin, you know, Austin being a place that just <laughs> folks are, you know, that you wouldn't necessarily think that they're interested in that kind of thing. Right. And that's across, you know, there's no political bounds to this at all, to hunting. So at least on that that level, that interest. So we, we started the adult mentored hunting program, essentially what it's called, uh, the year after that in 2017. And we took, I think, we did one hunt that first year. We took eight people hunting up in the hill country and we run it the exact same way they come out on a friday and they stay till sunday um they're learning how to shoot that first day making sure that they have the fundamentals down they have to have hunter education as chris noted you know they're not necessarily coming with a parent but we do allow them to come with a significant other <laughs> right you know because it's a family hunting is exactly. family. And it's a heritage we want it a hunting heritage is one of our programs here and really the, what we call our new initiative is the h2 initiative and it's that hunting heritage we want people to become part of that hunting heritage if they've never you know heritage speaks to where you're from and a lot of these people don't have a hunting heritage they're not part of the hunting uh, family yet yet we want them to be part of it Uh, we want them to have that hunting heritage so they go on that hunt that weekend they shoot on friday they go through the rules Uh, we talk about safety uh, and then they roll right into it so saturday they hunt twice but in the middle of the day we're not hammering them quite so much um, because 
unlike kids, they need a little bit of rest time. They're a little older, <laughs> but they're still getting the education. Right, right. But we're focusing a little bit more with those on some skills, but also the wild game aspect. So we're gonna we're gonna teach them how to break that animal down. We're gonna take some of that meat. We're gonna cook with them. We're gonna show them how to grind and turn to sausage. Um, we're gonna show them how to pull apart cuts of meat if we can, depending on what it is, right. and um, and really get them to the point where they feel like they can take the next step. And in this case, it's either going out and finding a, a lease of their own, or maybe it's doing public land hunt with Parks and Wildlife through their Hunter Hunt 101 programs or some some variants thereof. You know, we want them to buy that next license and, and proceed down the road. And um, it's been really successful to date. I think we're at probably 12 total hunts we've run. Um, and our goal moving forward is to run at least 10 a year um, within TWA, but we're also partnering with some great organizations. So um, we're partnering with the Texas chapter of the Wildlife Society to to train uh, student chapters yes. to run their own hunts for their right. for great, their great. students because what we're seeing nowadays is upwards of 50 or more percent of biologists coming out of school don't have a, a handle on hunting or why yeah. it's important because they don't do it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's there's. There's some problems there if we're talking about the North American model of wildlife conservation because hunting is a big part of that. So especially our funding, funding for conservation comes from hunting and fishing dollars. So that's a big one. And we're already running hunts with schools. Stephen F. Austin's running some hunts and they're about to run their second this year. Um, So we're doing that. And then we're partnered with Stewards of the Wild, which is Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation. Uh, They're a young professionals group, and they're running hunts. I think they're going to run five of their own this year. Um, And this is their third year running hunts. Um, And they're doing great. I mean, it's the the model of what we want. We want to be able to partner with a group, train them and uh, let them go run hunts and we'll come visit and talk about TWA but uh, really the importance is we're getting people outdoors like Chris mentioned with the youth hunting we'll, we will give you the info you need uh, to get you rolling down the road as long as you're going to be a hunter we're pretty happy about it so uh, but we've also worked with backcountry hunters and anglers and QDMA right and so there's there's just a lot of opportunities statewide but um, it's really starting to grow we're going to do more hunt to table events uh, we also have the hunting film tour that we have the rights to in Texas then we do those events um, and really the goal is just to mesh them all together into one big initiative this H2 initiative to get folks involved in the outdoors get them involved in hunting and then take them to the next level of food uh, participation and then taking their family members out in the future they're going to be the next group of volunteers to take someone else whether it's just one-on-one peer-to-peer or it's coming and being a hunt master on our youth hunts or our adult hunts and that's the goal so nice little spider web of people stretching across the state like that pebble falling into still water and ripples just moving outwards yeah. all the time i love it and i and i would add to that that We've mentioned a couple of times that we're willing to provide the curriculum and the manuals and the and the and the products that we've developed, but we t- we actually take it one step further. We have gone to groups and run them through our hunt master training program. Um, you know, we run the, their first cadre through, mm-hmm. and we provide them our, our products. 
uh, and then they, you know, they put their name on it. I mean, that's what happened with the Tennessee Wildlife Federation. Right. Um, Bob Barnett and I went out to Tennessee. We spent a weekend with them. We ran, I think, 27, 25 people through hunt master training. We took one of our cooks with us so that they understood you know that we do all that you know and we did it for them we cooked for them we we ran them through the training they did the practical exercises and we certified them as hunt masters and then they they took the ball and ran with it after that they produced their own manual they started their own uh, hunt master training program and i want to say the first year they ran 10 or 12 hunts uh, which is that that's huge if you that ask me yes. going from a dead stop to 10, 15 hunts, uh, and then the next year, I, I think they're I think they're up to sixty mm. now, yeah. and that's um, probably just expanding as it yeah. as they and, go and, and it will as long as you you maintain and right and, and and of course they're it's so funny how Tennessee and Texas have always been you know right there together. I mean, we, we owe Tennessee a lot, you know, and, and but they have some very similar lengthy seasons. Yes, and, they do, and generous they landowners do. just just like we do, but. Um, you know, we'll help anybody, you know. And again, the best way, if somebody's interested that's listening to this, or if you're with the game department or an organization, again, the best way to get in touch is, is through the website. And I want you to give you that, give it to them at least once more. Yeah, it's tyhp.org. And of course, tyhp stands for the Texas Youth Hunting Program. And if you, whatever search engine you use, if you type in tyhp, we're pretty much the first thing that pops up. Yeah. So, And the Texas Wildlife Association website is texas-wildlife.org. And that's a good source for events, especially those Huntmaster trainings. And then also it'll have all the contact info for anyone in our programs as well, since we're, we're a part of TWA. Yeah. If you go to the hunting heritage portion of the Texas Wildlife Association webpage, it'll get you to us and to the Texas Big Game Awards. Let's talk about funding a little bit. How how's all this funded? And then I've got a question regarding that. Okay, uh, our our biggest grant comes from the Texas Parks and Wildlife, um, and that is linked directly to the you know the Pittman Robertson right. funds. So our volunteers, the hours that they donate, are used to you know to help calculate the those funds that we get from Parks and Wildlife. But there, that's our biggest grant. Um, I mentioned before that we've gotten grants from the NRA, and we continue to get grants from the NRA. Uh, and there are several philanthropic organizations in the state that, that also provide us funds. And then there's some others that you recognize, the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, uh, the National Wild Turkey Federation. Um, the National Shooting Sports Foundation has been a, uh, a grantor to TYHP um, they haven't for a couple of years yet, but I'm sure they'll probably fix it. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we, have, we have great partners, uh, Dallas Safari Club and the foundation there, yeah. uh, and some of their smaller chapters, South Texas chapter, right, exactly. has done that. Uh, SCI, right. another great yeah. organization that's helped us, but also a lot of uh, just smaller family foundations, statewide ones that, that we work with. So McBride um, Foundation, mm-hmm. G. Raleigh White yeah. Foundation. Yeah. 
Um, so it's it's definitely a granted process for us, especially, right. and then donations from individuals. But those are all routed through our foundation at TWA, the Texas Wildlife. Yeah. So if somebody was, was interested and they wanted to contribute to this particular program, yes. they could go through the Texas Wildlife Association Foundation, yes. right? Yes, mm-hmm. that's correct because they are the five hundred one c three charitable arm of TWA. Of TWA, so right? That's the best way to do that, and they have their own website, and it's the Texas Wildlife Association Foundation. And right. um, they can go through that and, uh, and and go down that road and process with our our uh, foundation lead, which is Meg Guerra. So, what what about uh, like contributions from companies from the outdoors side of things? Are, are those welcome? Oh, or man, uh, you know Cabela's, uh, the orange hats that are ubiquitous yes. on a, on a two HP <laughs> hat. Right, a hunt. Uh, they they come from Cabela's and Bass Pro Shop, uh, who have been very generous donors to tyhp um you know and gosh i'm i'm probably gonna i know i'm forgetting uh several you know but thank uh, you all of them exactly thank thank you all brian brian writes an article every actually i think we kind of we kind of pass it around to one another that's a thank you to our landowners right and and our and our uh, donors uh and you know look for it in the twa magazine cycle every year you'll see uh, you know that list of wonderful people that that are all you know committed to the same thing. Yeah, um, we've had great partnerships with Nikon and uh, Yeti is another big yeah, one for right. us these days. And uh, so there's a lot of groups that we uh, have had our backs for a long time, but also we're always open to to more. Yeah, so if there are any so. companies that weren't mentioned and they want to get involved, <laughs> here's a good Absolutely. opportunity to do so. Well, I think really. it's a good. We already hit on some of the numbers, but you know we've done um, right around 3,500 hunts through the life of this program. That's a lot of hunts. It's a lot of hunts. 1,200 kids every year. 1,200 kids That's every 1,200 year. That's 1,200 parents who you know go to the store and buy the things right are getting involved in hunting and then all the volunteers you know upwards of probably five our average per hunt is five volunteers that are that are hunting volunteers on every hunt a year so you just start to branch out how many people are actually coming across a hunt and seeing products and things like that that's that's a big deal it's making a difference yeah and and i would i would say it's also we've talked an awful lot about hunting today but there's fishing involved too Mm -hmm. You know, good. Let's talk about that. A little yeah. Bit. Well, you know, for example, a lot of the a lot of our landowners will have a stock tank. Or oh maybe yeah. They've got riverfront property, so the education component of that hunt might be grabbing some some rods and reels and and going and doing some fishing. How cool. Yeah. And then the other thing that we've done uh, once again with our great partner Parks and Wildlife, we'll combine um, a hunter education and fishing event. Uh, we've done it at Lake Somerville. We've done it more often uh, at uh, Inks Lake. And so we'll run a couple of iterations. The kids will arrive on Friday. We'll take them out on boats and put some fishing noodles out. Come back Saturday morning. They do. They run hunter education. We go check the noodles, you know, and then uh, they, you know, they finish hunter education. And we say goodbye to them. And another group comes in and we do it again. And it is a lot of fun. Uh, so, you know, if, if someone wanted to do a blast and cast, you know, uh, we've done those, we've done those two on duck hunts and, uh, you know, hunt in the morning and fish in the afternoon, you know, uh, like I tell my our hunt masters at hunt master training, your imagination is the only limitation. You know, all that we ask is that it's safe and there's an education component and everybody can, can participate. 
Yeah, we've been fortunate. We've had some long-standing partners down in the coastal bend uh, in Cleburne County and that area, some pretty good-sized ranches. that. But they do some uh, cast and blast every year. That's one of the most popular hunts. They do go out and do some dove hunting, and then they go out and do redfish fishing on the on the coast in the evening. So fishing is very important to us, too. Um, and as we have some partners that are already looking and wanted to, we had to cancel some events, of course, this year, but that we're going to do some the, some fishing down in uh, that area that was strictly fishing events. So um, it's a great way to get involved. It's cheap. It's cheap to get your gear and get involved in the outdoors, and your money's still helping fund conservation, so you can't beat it. I've noticed in looking at some of the other states scattered around that the fishing license sales this year, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sure because of the COVID-19 thing of people having maybe a little bit of time looking for an outdoor experience, but also looking for something to eat. Yep. Mm -hmm. And according to everybody I've seen, those numbers on fishing have gone up. Yeah. I expect some of the hunting license to do some of the stream sure. this year. I hope so. I hope so. Go try and buy a kayak right now. Yeah, you can't. You can't find one. Mm-mm. You know, and that, that's because people people have rediscovered the yeah. importance of, of getting outdoors. Yes, and um, you know we will be we'll be here this season. You know, have no fear. You know that I'm sure there'll be some landowners and some volunteers who who won't want to, and that's fine. We'll be here next year too. Uh, but we, we've added ranches this year, uh, so we're, we're really excited about it. And our our volunteers are chomping at the bit. Oh, bet they are to get out. You know, because <laughs> everybody wants that. to get out. You know, <laughs> for sure. Well, thank you both so very much for what y'all have done, what you're doing now, what you'll continue to do. Um, we'll come back and do this again here for maybe about tail in the hunting season and yeah. see how things go and, yeah. and I've gone at that point and then look for some other opportunities or two or another opportunity or two to get more and more people in the outdoors we look forward to it Thanks. appreciate y'all very much go to the website learn all that you can get out and enjoy the outdoors if you can find a kayak go in a kayak if you can't walk along the bank by golly <laughs> thank you Larry thank you guys DSC's Untamed Heritage is also brought to you by Texas Wildlife Association, working for tomorrow's wildlife today. Wildlife Systems, serving hunters and landowners since 1987. Kenetrek Boots, for the trail less traveled. Ruger, rugged, reliable firearms. Pyramid Air, your one stop for everything air gun. 